This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... Come check out the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce live at Free Play Florida. So far, we've got confirmed guests, Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost on Cartoon Network, Keith Apicary, Classic Gaming Wiz, and self-proclaimed Sega CEO, Scott Adams, legendary creator of text-based adventures, and our good friend, Brian Colon, creator of Rampage and Arch Rivals. There will also be over 200 games at this event, including three 10-foot arcade cabinets featuring classic games like Star Wars. There will also be a console museum. Go get tickets at wp.freeplayflorida.com. Friday is going to be 25 bucks. Saturday is 30 Sunday is 25 bucks. Kids are, of course, $5. You can get the whole weekend, Johnny, for 60 And also, there's going to be an awesome Saturday night party, which is $15, but it's going to be from 11.30 to 3 a.m. Full arcade, music, plus live performances, and it's all at the newly renovated Double, Double Tree SeaWorld. So you definitely want to go check it out, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Grove Roots Brewing Company, the official beer sponsor of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Find them in downtown Winter Haven, Florida. They're also on Facebook.com forward slash Grove Roots Brewing and GroveRoots.com. Today, we have our third member, Brandy Womack. Yay! She is my special guest co-host today um, on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, we are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We're a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. Mmm, pleasure. Pleasure, yes. <laughs> and uh, I want to give a big shout-out to everyone that's kind of helped us out the past month. Um, you guys have been awesome. Big shout-out to David Pascoe. Awesome guy, doing really good work. Uh, of course, uh, Dirk Scholler, um, go check out his uh, awesome uh, short that debuted at Gods and Monsters, uh, VR, Violent Realms. Uh, it's actually entered into two film festivals, so you could definitely go check that out. Go to his uh, Facebook.com forward slash Deathlike Productions and uh, Deathlike Film on YouTube. You can go check it out and give him a shout out. And tell him the happy hour with Johnny Do sent you. It's really cool. So, Brandy, uh, it's been a long time since you and I have just... Just the two of us. Two of us have done it. I mean, it's been a while. It's been just a hot minute. Just the two of us. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think it was episode 110 or 112, so it's been a long time. I know. It's been a long time. Yeah, so it's 200 episodes later, we're back, just the two of us. Of course, for those who don't know, we're married. Uh, we have two kids. Uh, no! Yeah. They just joined us. Really? Uh, yeah. We're over 300 episodes strong, and... Brandy is our third member. She's been helping us out 
on the podcast, outside the podcast, doing doing everything that she can to help uh, keep this uh, ship afloat. Yay. And so, big shout out to you um, for helping us out. And um, Deuce and I are very happy with your support that you've had throughout the last three years. Can you believe that? Three years of podcasting. Already. I sure. Yeah, I can. Speaking of shout outs, I have a shout out. Sure. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Johnny. Happy birthday to you. Yes, it's uh, my birthday. I am 35 years old, born in 1980. <laughs> You're old. Yeah. No, <laughs> Almost a midlife crisis, right? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's uh, my birthday. Uh, actually, yesterday is the day of this recording. Uh, and yeah, uh, I feel about the same. I mean, I, I do feel, you know, you do feel older when you, you know, when you get into the 30s. It's not the same as your mid 20s. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm doing good. I'm, you know, I'm happy, and excited. Um, but uh, Brandy, you and I've been uh, back on the supernatural um, train again because what? Because yes. ha- what happened? New season. Yeah, new season just started. Um, actually, uh, the date of this recording is the airing of the uh, third episode of season 13, which we will not be watching it tonight. We'll be watching it tomorrow because that's, that's how we roll. We always yeah. end up watching it the right. next day. Lucky 13, season 13. Yeah. Uh, Supernatural, of course, Brandy and I and Deuce and the Carries. We all did a supernatural super show uh, where we where we worked down seasons one through eleven. About a year ago, yeah, actually. about a year ago, yeah. So that it, was it really popped fun. Popped up on my Facebook feed. So that was fun. Go check those out because we we break down pretty much seasons one through eleven and just go and enjoy that. Uh, or is it one through ten? I think it was either one through ten or one through one through ten because eleven was airing. That's right. So yeah, go check those out. And uh, of course, when the show actually, whenever it wraps up, whenever the final. Uh, curtain uh falls blasphemy uh, blasphemy no uh i need pie. i will not i will not be okay yeah <laughs> well because we for those who don't know uh supernatural is like to me like because i love star wars star wars is like my anybody who has ever met you is well aware that you love star wars i love it's like the, the things that you're i you're lo- wearing a star wars shirt right now uh, that was not planned <laughs> uh wearing a bb8 shirt of course uh the Star Wars is something I've loved for a long time. Yes. And how long is Supernatural? 13 seasons. 13 seasons, So yeah. that's, when did that start? How many years ago? Was that 13 years ago? 14 yeah. years ago? And they didn't skip a season. Okay. I didn't know if it was yeah. the writer's strike. I think it was a short season, right? It was right? a short season, right. yeah. But um, no, they never actually skipped a season. Why so, do you yeah. love Supernatural? Like, what got you hooked? Oh, gosh. Um. I'm not so like a <laughs> long question, long answer. Uh, well, I I have not been watching it for all thirteen years. I came in after the fact. What season did we start on? Well, we started at season one. We just started late. Like it what, was air, all what season was already airing when we started season one? F- um, seven. Probably s- at least seven seasons. Right. I, Seven's possi- a Leviathan possibly, season, right? Seven's a Leviathan yeah, season. Yeah, possibly even eight. I'm I'm trying to I you know I'd have to ask Annie because she could probably right pin it down a little bit more I don't remember what season exactly it just all I know is that it has completely consumed my life for the last um well ever since we've been living here for so sure the last three four years yeah for the last four years basically. Yeah. And so Supernatural uh is you know is on the CW but uh if you have uh, an Xbox, you can you can get the CW app, 
and you can get like the last four episodes that are aired. It's kind of like the, yeah, their like version of Hulu, I guess, because uh, like CW four, went yeah, off like of Hulu. Yeah, like the, uh, the four most it's recent. recent. Yeah. But, I mean, that works if you're, as long as you don't get too far behind on it. Right. And we never get too far behind on that show. No. Because we're always like, hey, you know, let's check that out. No. Uh, but to answer your question yes. about what what do I like about it. Um, Besides Dean. <laughs> And Cass. Well, jokingly, <laughs> <laughs> you joke, but in all seriousness, it actually it is legitimately because of Dean. Because, no, my life is not, you know, hunting monsters and things like that. But the actual character of Dean, the type of person he is, you know, the guy that took care of his family, sacrificed everything for his little brother, and, um, you know, that kind of thing. I That really resonates with me because... Of the way that I grew up, and you know, I came from divorced parents, and there was um, a lot of uh, sacrifices and stuff made on my part to ensure the happiness of my own brother. Um, it, it, which you know, that's it is what it is, and you know, it uh, ma- all of that made me the person I am today. So, you know, no regrets or anything. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, uh, I, I, a huge part of me resonates with the show just because of the character of Dean. He is, that character is, you know, very... Um, very good looking. <laughs> yes, he's very... <laughs> Jensen Ackles, the actor who portrays Dean, is a extremely beautiful human being. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to disagree with that. <laughs> Team Dean. <laughs> Um, all the, most of the men on that show are beautiful people. Yes. Uh, but anyway, um, but no, but that's, that's why it resonates with me. And then, you know, I love, you know, that my favorite, uh, genre of movies is action movies and, um, there's plenty of action on the show, fight scenes and, 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 uh, the storytelling is fantastic. They get really, really interesting on like some of the lore of, of, uh, you know, these, what you thought were like, you know, scary stories, fairy tale type things, you know, turn out to be real in the world of supernatural, and just the way that things work, it just it, they really put an inter- interesting spin on a lot of uh, old legends and monsters and and old wives tales and all kinds of stuff. So Invisible Friends. <laughs> yeah, that episode got that me. That was so oh good. Oh my god, that was such a great episode. You had an invisible friend. I did when have you were an invisible a kid. friend. I yep. did not. I never did. I had I had a little brother, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um. So yeah, that's why I I love the show. There's a lot more reasons why I love the show, but like the biggest draw to me is that character and how I identify and resonate with that character. Um, and then you know, kick-ass fight scenes and lots of cool drama. Well, for those who don't know, beautiful, you, beautiful men. To you're look you're in. a big fan of like the mystical stuff, anyways, like vampires, werewolves, stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen pretty much every vampire movie that's ever been made, all the way back to Nosferatu, two or however you want to pronounce it, um, and uh, even Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> All the sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> the sparkly vampires. But no, I've seen like every... every uh, Incarnation. Yeah, every vampire movie that's come out from Dracula and and 
uh, all the different Dracula movies and the Lost Boys and Blade and and you know Underworld, uh, John Carpenter's vampires, all that stuff. I've seen like every vampire movie that I've been able to get my hands on. I've watched it. It's just I've that's always intrigued me. And I've seen you know lots of zombie movies. I've seen a lot of you know other you know like monster movie type stuff. Um, that's a that's a that's a genre that appeals to me. I I like the supernatural I, and even you know just paranormal movies like the actual movie Paranormal Activity, and um, other that stuff has always been intriguing to me. Just this idea of you know other forces that we can't see and all that stuff. It's just always been very very interesting to me. So. Um, yeah, the show has all these elements to it, and and like I said, very very beautiful men and very very beautiful women, and I mean, and it's got a really kick ass car. Oh, that car is so beautiful. Yeah, it's a Chevy Impala '67, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tell me the story that you told me about the the actual cars they had to buy. They bought a bunch of them. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, the actual the uh, the actual production of the show, um, they own. Um, I wouldn't. I can't give you an exact n- number, but they they own at least I would say safely half a dozen, nineteen sixty seven Chevy Impalas. Um, only I believe only one or maybe two of them actually runs like rather pristine is and is like fully restored. And then the other ones, you know, they cosmetically look okay, but they're not really mechanically sound. Um, if you re- remember back on the episode from, I want to say season six, it's called The French Mistake, where Sam and Dean uh, go into the alternate reality where it's the, the, the real world. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah. where they're, 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 <laughs> they're uh, uh, Jensen and Jared playing Dean and Sam, playing Jensen and Jared playing Dean and Sam is a very hilarious. Um, but in that episode, you actually get to see behind the curtain a little bit because they actually do show you the set of Supernatural and you get to see that there are m- uh, multiple cars there. And that's that's legitimate. Like, they really do have multiple cars. And... Um, also, because I, I geek out on all this stuff, the very first car that they used in season one, which was a functioning machine, is not the car that they're using all the way now in seasons. Excuse me. <coughs> it is not the car that they're using now in seasons 12 and 13 and, uh, and going forward. Uh, the season, the the Impala that they had in season one is actually still totaled and still on um like a back lot because Jensen tweeted a couple of years ago about how he was messing around on the lot, uh, killing time and found the original car that That's they awesome. used in season one. Um, and it and that car actually made a cameo in the episode where Dean gets sent forward to the future. And the episode is called The End. And um, if you recall, he finds the car when he gets to Camp Chautauqua. Mm -hmm. And he sees it. He's like, oh, baby, what have they done to you? And that's actually the season one car Ah, sitting there totaled. So it's very... See, you, you you go after and research everything like I do. Oh, my God. Yeah. I spend so much time on well, the Supernatural Wikipedia. You read fan fictions, too, don't you? I spend... Uh, 
I don't want to say how much uh, por- portion of my day do I spend reading fan fiction. Uh, I spend a huge amount of time on YouTube watching footage of supernatural conventions. I'm I'm down the rabbit hole, man. Like, woo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's super But but what we joke about is, you know, supernatural is to me what Star Wars is to you. Like if we got onto the tangent of Star Wars, you know, you could go on and on about how you've read all the different books that have come out. You've written you've written a Fan- Star Wars story. Uh fan fiction yeah. about Count Dooku. Yep. And um and you've gone down that rabbit hole where you've researched, you know, the the different uh spacecraft, you know, in the the AT-ATs and the the X-wings and all that stuff. You know the differences of all them and how to identify them and, you know, all that kind of stuff, geeking out on it. Well, yeah, and that's that's the stuff that I do. Like, I sit there and I, you know, I, I go to, you know, Wikipedia and I go to YouTube and I, you know, I, I look these things up and, 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 you know, I follow everyone on the show on Twitter and <laughs> and and on Facebook and, and all that stuff. So, I'm definitely... So, the, you would say the Millennium Falcon is the same, is equates to the Impala. 100%. Yeah. People's love of the Falcon. 100%. Yeah. Percent. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Supernatural for me, because I always like, it was a show that I've always was aware of, and it was all, I'd always see like previews for it, like when, I don't, I don't know how many years ago. Yeah. Stri- yeah. It was always something that we, l- we, we even tried when you were pregnant. Yeah. Once. When I was pregnant with Elena, we sat down to watch the first episode, and, um, if you recall, in that first episode, there is a six-month-old baby, and the mother dies, burning to death on the ceiling, <laughs> and uh, just uh, pregnancy hormones and and all that stuff. Just like at that time, I was not in a place mentally to to like handle that. Like so, it wasn't until after Elena was born. And really, and we had moved to this house where we're currently living. That's when we actually sat down and we're like, all right, we're going to watch the show. Our friend Annie and Rose, uh, you know, they, they're obsessed with it. They say it's such a great show and uh, we're, we're going to watch it. So, and we sat down and watched it and binged every single episode until we got caught up to uh, the current season at that time, which I believe actually was season eight, if I recall. Um, and, uh, yeah, haven't looked back since. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fantastic show. Uh, I, I don't know how many more seasons they have left. Have you heard? Nothing solid. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I assume, I mean. The, the actors on the show, uh, particularly, uh, Jared and Jensen and Misha, but mostly Jared and Jensen, um, as well as the producers have said that as long as the fans keep asking for it they'll keep making it so as long as it uh there's a the fan base keeps it going they'll 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 keep making the show and the fan base is 100 like the fan base is just as dedicated as i personally am you know i so well they have conventions that they go to yeah there's conventions there's a convention coming to florida actually there's one in jacksonville and then there's going to be another one in orlando um uh, one I believe is in December, and the other one is 
I'm probably saying the wrong dates, but still, there's two. There's one coming first to Jacksonville, and then like several months after that one, they're coming back around and coming to Florida. However, and as much as I want to go, um, they're pricey. Those tickets are very, very expensive, and if you have disposable income and you are a fan of the show, by God, I will be very jealous of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, um, unfortunately, I just, you know, priorities and adulting. Adulting is hard. Adulting, yes. Adulting is hard, and, you know, we've got to, and I just can't justify dropping that amount of money on that on that kind of thing maybe someday um but right now with the with our current you know situation our current uh expenses and things that we have it's just not it's not an expense that that i can really justify for myself and you know if if somebody if it was something for the kids like buying disney passes which we'll be doing uh when the new year rolls around um but that's something for my kids, but and so I don't have a problem dropping three hundred dollars per ticket on my kids. It's another story, and and, and the thing is, is three hundred dollars per ticket per kid, and actually it's closer to four, but still, uh, that's that's good for a whole year. Whereas right. this is one event. Yeah, it's a whole weekend, but still, it's one weekend. It's a one-time thing. You know, it'd be one thing if I was spending $300 and I had access to, you know, a year-round convention or something, but you don't. That's not how it works. So, yeah, I just can't do it. Not not this time. Maybe next year. Who knows? So, what's going on with uh, Season uh, 13 now, for those that haven't s- seen Season 13 yet? You have the introduction of a very, pi- a very pivotal character. Yeah, so, um, spoiler alert for anybody who's not caught up. Yes, uh, so spoilers. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, the Nephilim, uh, Jack, who is the child of Lucifer, and um, a human, Kelly Klein. And he was born, and he's born um, as an adult male. Uh, so he's like 18, you know, because by the time you're 18 uh, as a human, you're mostly done growing physically. Right. Not, me- Not mentally. Yeah. Not mentally. Yeah. <laughs> but physically, you've pretty much aged, you know, you're you're an adult at about 18 years old. Um, and so, and um, we're just really, really just barely starting to scratch the surface of what the Nephilim's... Uh, powers are what his powers are how strong he is because um first of all there's not a lot of information on nephilim at all in general just because there's not a lot of them in existence because heaven forbids them and but what we do know is that the nephilim is always stronger than the angel that sired it and the angel that sired jack is Lucifer, an archangel. Right. What is stronger than an archangel? Not a whole hell of a lot. Right. And particularly Lucifer. Lucifer is the strongest of the archangels. Um, <coughs> so, uh, we, we, there, it, the, the, the potential is, is at this point, um, pretty much unfathomable. So, well, they can go anywhere with this character in the show they could go a lot of and there's a lot of different directions they can take it and i'm excited to see what they end up doing with it and it's um uh, 
Oh, okay. So, um, and the thing that's interesting about the whole concept of the Nephilim is, um, if we look at, at previous seasons, um, uh, particularly the seasons with the Leviathan, um, you know, the focus, and even, uh, last season, they talk about how powerful a human soul is. The, the human soul is the strength of, like 10,000 suns or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it's a lot. It's a lot of power in just one soul. Uh, and so when you have the, the, the strength of an archangel and then combine it with the strength of a human soul, that, uh, you, that's why Nephilim are so strong because they've, they've got the grace of an angel and the soul of a human combined. And it's like a nuclear reactor times a thousand. So it's, it's, um, It'll be very interesting to see what 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 the the writers do with the show because they can go in a lot of different directions and be very cool to see what happens. Where's Cass? <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Cass is currently uh not alive. <laughs> he's, he's dead. He got burned. But actually. here's the thing. Okay, I went back and I rewatched. Where they pan out and they show his body. It's at night. It's very, very ambiguous whether that is wing scorch marks on the ground or shadows from the trees and stuff around right. them. So an angel isn't really dead unless you see the scorch marks from the wings. Uh, and I'm not convinced. Well, and here's still, the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here is the thing. Okay. Because I sit around and I geek out and I watch uh, conventions on YouTube. The actors, uh, way back, several months ago, accidentally let it slip that Misha is in season 13. So, um, by that logic, you have to assume that Cass is still alive somewhere. We just don't know where. Um... He was, you know, quote-unquote killed by Lucifer. He was standing right next to a portal to an alternate dimension. Um, plus, there's the whole ambiguity ambiguity of um, the Reaper Billy from last season saying that when Dean and Sam die, they're going to go to the Void. We don't know what the Void is. Um, but we know that it, the Void is not Heaven, it is not Hell, and it is not Purgatory. Um, granted that that's for Dean and Sam, and I don't know if that necessarily applies to angels or not. We don't know, but they've now introduced at least a fourth possibility of where a soul can go right. uh, when it dies. So um, maybe that's where Cass is. I don't know. So it, um, I, I don't like to speculate a whole lot on things uh I, I, I'm kind of one of those where, like, I want to be surprised. So I'm not really doing a whole lot of digging uh, on, like, what's going to happen in this season. I just kind of want to take it as it comes. Um, but, you know, there are things that, you know, that you catch wind of. Because I, like I say, I'm, I, I am geeking out on stuff like that. And I am watching convention footage and things like that. So, you know, I do hear things here and there. But I'm definitely, I'd rather enjoy uh, what they give me rather than get my hopes up for a possible storyline and then it not happening. Yeah. 
and then get disappointed. Well, I think season 13, I mean, this is coming from a regular fan, not an Uber fan like you. <laughs> uh, I think it's the whole the whole idea of Jack, the fact that his powers are quote-unquote limitless, so like you have no idea he could create Cass or bring Cass back from the void if he is in the void. Like there's yeah. a lot of things that Jack isn't unaware of. He's just tipping the iceberg of what yeah, he well, can I do. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, Jack is all of a handful of days old. Right. It's this person that... Um, has all this potential but ha- doesn't know how to use it yet so going forward you know Cass may learn because we just saw in the last season he was just starting to um he was being tricked by um Asmodeus uh to open this portal to these wicked creatures now who's Asmodeus he's the he's a prince of hell right not to be confused with the knight of hell right uh they're stronger than the Knights of Hell, and Knights of Hell are crazy strong too. But anyway, um, uh, Jack was starting to open this portal, and just by thinking about it, just focusing, so he's able to do that just by, you know, with only being a few days old. Just imagine what he's going to learn to harness as he continues to get a handle on things and kind of become more aware of his capabilities. Because I mean. It's almost like the Matrix, you know. There is no spoon. You know? Right, right. <laughs> he's kind of, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of got to get to that point to where he, because he, his powers are pretty much limitless. He just has to, uh, kind of, I think, get past his own roadblocks, uh, so to speak, and just, you know, learn how to do it. I also like how the writers of deal have him dealing with Angel Radio, where he he's got like a human brain, but he's also got yeah. the ability to hear it with his. His angelic side, his his uh, grace side, yeah, and then but he it like messes with his but brain. But because he is half human, it still hurts uh, because humans are not meant to hear uh, an angel's true voice. So yeah, I think that that's very very intriguing. Although uh, in the episode uh, where Cass first shows up, all the way back in the season four, um, when he was trying to speak to to Dean. Uh, Cass says that there are certain humans, special humans, that can perceive his true visage and his true voice. So, again, I think Jack just needs to get to the point to where he's like, this isn't going to be a bother for me, and right. I'm going to hear it now, and have it not cause him pain. He just needs to realize that he's capable of it. True. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of like our uh, little preview <laughs> kind of season 13 a little, little history there on brandy just listening to brandy geek out yeah. over supernatural for so the last we're gonna take a small break and we'll be right back with the happy hour with johnny and deuce this episode of the happy hour with johnny and deuce is brought to you by retro game treasure retro game treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service they send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com. 
pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with, with Johnny, Johnny and Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild. Join the adventure with the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild. Founded in 2000, the guild starts its 18th year of supporting and promoting the role-playing game hobby in September with a big anniversary party and some lightly structured games. The guild hosts too many convention-style game nights every month on the 2nd and 4th Fridays where you can find up to four scheduled and prepared games plus up to three open tables all ready for a packed four hours of hobby-centered fun and fellowship. Among the regularly scheduled games on the LRPG's rotating calendar are three exclusive in-house House ongoing campaigns, one exclusive in-house mini campaign anthology series, and a few periodic episodes of members' personal home campaigns. The majority of those games are RPGs, but miniature war games hit the guild tables as well, along with the occasional board game. Some events also feature instructional clinics and roundtable discussions on a variety of game rules, techniques, and theories so all participants can share their experience and learn more about the hobby from each other. The Guild also has planned gaming-free social outings on those random fifth Fridays that pop up some month. And of course, members of the LRPG take part in area conventions as players and game masters, as well as coordinate some activities with other gaming clubs. For more information on the Lakeland Role-Playing Guild, visit the website at lakeland-rpg.com. Com or check out the social media at facebook.com slash Lakeland Role Playing Guild and on Twitter at Lakeland RPG plus hashtag Dice on the Road. Lakeland Role Playing Guild. They play games! And we're back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I'm Johnny and we have our co-host, Brandy Womack, the third member. What, what? Hey, so Brandy, it's almost that time. Oh, my God. It's uh, Halloween's coming up. As of this taping, it's next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be next Tuesday. So kids are getting excited. Everyone's kind of... Is it me or is it every single year holidays just get flooded way too quickly in stores? Like, even yeah. more. Like And, of course, social media really outs it a lot and everything yeah. like that. But it feels well, like... Well, it's just America's been become so focused on consumerism. And I get it. True. I do. Yeah. But... Yeah, it used to be that we would uh, bitch about, you know, hearing Christmas carols before Thanksgiving. Yeah, true. And, you know, now, uh, right now, it's not even Halloween. And we had Christmas stuff go up in our local grocery store several weeks ago. Yeah, it's true. So now we're doing Christmas stuff and Thanksgiving stuff and Halloween stuff. As of like the first week of October. Well, the problem is, is there's only so much shelf space, right? Like you, you mm-hmm. you're gonna have to limit what you can put out, and is it gonna sell? Is, is it that early? Are you wasting that shelf space by putting it out too early? Christmas, I think, always sells no matter what. I think people are always once they see that red and green and yeah. silver, they well, want to go in there I mean, and buy I think it. it. I guess it depends on the store. Um, cause like I have a I have a Dollar Tree in my plaza at work and there's very there they actually have focus i kind of like the way they do things down there their focus is definitely 100 percent on halloween right now they've got all the halloween decorations up they've got their little uh halloween costumes you know the candy and all that stuff they, they're definitely focusing on halloween there's there's not really any christmas stuff out over yeah. at, at the dollar tree by my store um 
at this time. So I kind of like that they, they actually do dedicate themselves to, you know, the only other thing that they've got going on right now is they've got, uh, they've got, you know, specifically Halloween spooky stuff. And then they do have some just like fall slash autumn, right. you know, like leaves and, and, and cornucopia. Which we don't see like here that. in Florida. We don't really <laughs> ha- we, I mean, it's ironic because as of taping right now, it's in the 50s at night in Florida. Yeah, which this is, is the coldest weather that we've had so far this year. Um or at, or you know this this quote unquote winter this season, um but you know no like three days ago it was in the nineties. It was actually a record high for, the, uh, for October uh, the last decade in ten years. It's yeah. the hottest. Like I said, on record. it's it's in the fifties today. Uh, three days ago it was in the nineties. It's a forty degree temperature swing. My sinuses are going Mine are fucking bonkers yep. right now. Yeah. And our kids, it seems like every other week they're getting a new cold. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the fall fall in Florida is it's uh it's different. It's very <laughs> we'll different. Say that different to what I grew up with. So, sure. uh, what are the kids going for for Halloween this year? Uh, they are going to be Link and Zelda. Which is really cool because, you know. And I did not, it, like, there was no encouragement or whatever on my part whatsoever. They just came up to me um, about three or four weeks ago and told me they want to be Link and Zelda. I don't know where it came from. I'm all for it. Absolutely. 100%. I've got the costumes. Yep. Elena's is a little bit too big for her, so I've got to do some altering, which, you know, I'm capable of. <laughs> yeah, hashtag super mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited, and uh, although you and I, we are not doing the Halloween costume thing this year. Uh, we are going the lazy route. You're wearing a a, a Zelda T-shirt, and I'm we- wearing a a Lincoln Zelda tank top. Right, and I r- uh, now that we've got cold weather, I will probably wear a jacket over it. Probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it's what I had. So, yeah. um, and that's all, that's all we're doing. Like, I think I'm not dressing up as as any characters for Halloween this year. I think that shows you how uh, how popular and, and how much of an impact Nintendo characters have with uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. You got to look at. Obviously, Mario and Zelda and Metroid and all these, you know, franchises have have been around for thirty plus years. But the fact that they're still relevant today is yeah. it shows you how strong of a well, character brand they are. Uh, a new Zelda came came out just not that long ago. Right this so year on the they're Switch. Still, they're still putting and out uh, new new content you right. know so uh you know kids see those commercials kids see those advertisements and so it still is very very much rele- uh, relevant today just and as they much play as with my amiibos <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they always like all this money that we dropped on amiibos when amiibos were first coming out and super popular and i would have to run over to freaking toys r us either before or after work i remember <laughs> yo you got that lucario <laughs> 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 yeah, looking at you with like you have three heads. <laughs> uh and now uh you know a year down the road they they're they're they've become toys for the kids to play with for the most part. Yeah, I mean I would still want to have them to display once I get this uh office um which I've been really slow this year to do that, but I want to have like each each wall have its own theme. 
So yeah, I know. Well, here's the uh, here's the thing on that, my dear, is uh, the reason it hasn't happened uh, in this office is because I haven't done it. That's because true. Yeah. this office is like not to brag, but like this this office slash recording studio is all me. Yeah, I've done all this stuff in here as far as like setting up the furniture and and the the shelving and things like that. And I've been lazy <laughs> <laughs> this year and I have not put up any shelving units or anything uh since the last major remodel that I did in here. And yeah, so that's that's why you don't have your amiibo set up because yeah. I've been lazy. No, that's all good. Um but Nintendo as of uh, which is very topical as of this episode going out when this episode airs um super mario odyssey will be out uh really excited for that that game looks really awesome um and that's the newest mario game because we were kind of talking the other day with our friend david pasco about how how solid and how how fun mario games are like yeah from the very beginning great and you know like i recall playing um some of my favorite memories is, is playing uh, Mario Galaxy with you on the Wii when that first came out, because we were all about that, and I was, I liked it because I could, you know, have the the nunchuck of the of the Wii controller and get all the extra stardust and all that stuff, right. and I enjoyed doing that with you. Um, and the game is just really pretty and it's fun and it's cool looking and all that stuff. Um, but when you think about the mechanics and and the elements of that game, uh, completely different from you know the first Mario that came out, you which know. was a true platformer, you know, just yeah. 2D platformer. And of course, the subsequent titles that came on after that and the different consoles. But I, I think what you were saying last night was how successful Nintendo is again because they were kind of going uh, downhill. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited to see because the thing is, is I do love Nintendo games. I love them. Even though I was late to the game because of my upbringing, yada, 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 yada. Um, you were poor. <laughs> I was poor. Yeah. <laughs> But so even though I was late to the game, I, as far as, you know, playing these Nintendo games, um, I still love the Nintendo games. I love the Nintendo franchise. I love the games that they put out. I I love Mario. I love uh, Zelda. I love um, a lot of their games that they've that they've come out with. Kirby. Uh, yeah, Kirby. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Um, uh, which our son is like. Her <laughs> yeah. Like if he continues his fan fandom of Kirby, he'll probably get a tattoo of Kirby. <laughs> I, I I see it happening. <laughs> it's true. And I love Kirby too. I mean, I kind of I was kind of uh. like the. Uh, well, he's he's only seven, right. so you know. Yeah, he's got, got a, he's got he's got some time. <laughs> we but got a, at least a decade. I feel like we're, we're we're parenting done right. You know, we've introduced to him. You know, the games. You know, at his pace. We haven't tried to right. rush anything with him. And he has he. I let him. You know, I put uh, my Wii in his room, and he's playing Smash mm -hmm. Brothers and he, he epic yarn. I hate and Smash Brothers. I hate yeah. and love Smash Brothers. Right. But speaking of. Um, of Nintendo, though, that we're getting back on to the subject at hand that we were talking about is, you know, here's this franchise that, you know, I I actually do love a lot. I enjoy a lot. Um, and for a while there, it really looked like they were circling the drain. Like, that was going to be it. Just, like, nothing that they were putting out was really well, turning any heads. The, Wii, mean, the Wii U itself only sold 13 million units in four and a half years. Four and a half years, only 13 million units. That's worldwide. Is, yeah, that's not a lot. No. 
Not a lot. Uh, whereas the Switch in the first... Well, I think they've... Worldwide, I think they've sold around five to six million so units, which in has only been out in six months. Six months. Which is yeah, crazy. Almost a thing. million a month, if you think about it. So um, two million the, sold in the U.S. So, so I'm 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 proud of them because they've put out a system that people are excited to play and interested in playing and buying, uh, certainly with much more frequency than their than their previous unit. True. And uh, they're putting out to uh, a lot of amazing uh, content for this unit. You they know, are. we've we've played. Several games on the Switch, and there's you even kick my <laughs> ass on Tetris. <laughs> oh my god! Puyo Puyo Tetris. Puyo Puyo Tetris. Which yeah. I want to play some more with you. I just the first night that I got it, you were just kicking my ass, and, and you're just you. What did you ask me? You're like, are, are you, you bored? Are you yet? bored yet? <laughs> are you tired of losing yet? And yeah. I wasn't being like I, it, that. Wasn't trash talking, right? Like I wasn't like, oh, are you tired of losing yet? I wasn't like that. I'm just like, I, you know, I want you to have fun too. I don't know if you're having fun losing yeah. every single game. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's a really fun game. I love the idea of being able to switch on the fly. There's different modes yeah. to try to keep there things interesting. There are different modes. Yeah, it is. I like I like the challenge of it. Um, I'm not uh, definitely not nearly as good at Puyo Puyo as right. I am at Tetris. Well, I think it's also society, right? Like Americans never didn't adapt to Puyo Puyo, like unless it was an import or unless you happen to get your hands on Tetris Two. Which had a version of Puyo Puyo on it, yeah. um, which we have. We got later on in life, but yeah. But as far as like actual it didn't, it didn't. Actual it wasn't Puyo a hit with Americans. Yeah, and but and as far as like actual Puyo Puyo, Puyo that's a tongue twister. Puyo Puyo. It sounds like you're like like a yogurt or something. <laughs> as far as that game, like the actual real game, uh, the first time I've ever played it, really was with this. Right. This Puyo Same Puyo here. Puyo I never Tetris. really. And Americans kind of adapted it in their own. Uh, Connect three. Uh, I mean, there's there's been um, similar concepts. Uh, even uh, Doctor Mario kind of borrows yeah. some of the mechanics and concepts of that. So right. it's not completely unfamiliar to me. Uh, but it's definitely um, different. The most similar game that I can think of off the top of my head to Puyo Puyo is is Doctor Mario. Right. Um, but even that's not quite the same. It, it's it's still different. So yeah, and it just the idea of connecting and matching colors. You know, they've the bejeweled and you know, um, yeah, the Candy Crush and all that. You know, s yeah. similar idea. You're not the 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 objects aren't falling. Uh, you know, uh, on a re you know mm -hmm. repetitiously, but they're you know you still have to connect the colors. So, but with that, and of course, right now I'm going through Mario <laughs> plus Rabbids, which. Actually, is knocking my socks off. How how good I wouldn't expect. I mean, I got it because I wanted <laughs> to get a game for the Switch when I first got my Switch. And it's, it's a, really and enjoyable. It's a, here's the thing that I like about Nintendo in general is that don't get me wrong, I love other other companies and other games, but like all of their games are suitable to play in front of children. Like they don't True. really put out gory violent type games not really i mean there's there's some battle scenes here and there depending on which game you're playing and stuff like that but for the most part you know very mild very tame and so it's a game it's a system and therefore a catalog of games that you can play without having to worry about you know are my kids seeing something that they shouldn't see it, right. it's not even a consideration that you have to really take whereas you know the other game that you're currently playing I'm the hell out of right yeah. now is the new South Park game, The, the Fractured, Fractured Butthole. Butt yeah. 
Every, every which, two seconds um, is a curse word and curse words and 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 nudity nudity and and and, yeah. and, and all kinds of and potty talk. It's and, actually yeah. re- it's actually it's a really, really good game. It's really good. It's <laughs> hilarious and fun and very interesting and yada yada. But it's still it's South Park and it's right. just completely inappropriate. Um, I as do it far, to the kids as are far in bed. as the yeah. parenting path that we're going with, are right. good to each their own. Right. And, you know, no judgment here, yeah. but like for our choices and our parenting style, that game is just completely 100% inappropriate for our children um, at their ages right now. You know, when they get, for us, I'd be all right, you know, when they get to be close to their teen years, you know, have a sit down with them, be like, okay, these right. are not, this is not nice things to say and all that, but, you know, it's a fun game. You know, I'd think about it, at least consider it, but. You know, they're they're seven and four. And like, yeah. No. Then <laughs> they do not need to be seeing South Park. Yeah. It, uh, with South Park, the only thing I want to say, because I don't want to spoil any of it, but the the RPG mechanics that are in this game are way deeper. Like the, it feels more like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you have like the other one was turn based, but this one just has a lot more complexities to it. So I'm just enjoying yeah, the RPG. Actually, I haven't actually watched you play just a whole lot of. The fractured butthole. Yet, I watched you play the whole, uh, pretty much the whole entirety of the Stick of Truth. Right. Um, which and is it, and it's very much turn based. Uh, um, which is fine. more of I like an action turn based RPG. Yeah. Uh, solid game. One of my it was my game yeah, of the year uh, any, two years for ago. For anyone who doesn't know this about us, uh, um, the way things work in our household is, um, I do actually play games on my own. I. I I'm definitely a puzzle platformer type of gamer, and and I enjoy things. The thing is, is um, like I said, we were poor, and I didn't even have any kind of a gaming system until I was 13 years old. Um, and even at that, it was more of it was still something that my my brother was more into it than I was. I mean, I played the game. I played Crash Bandicoot 2, uh, start to finish, Jet Moto 2. Uh, Tomb Raider and 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 things like th- the games that were that were out at the time, but even at that point we were still poor. We just were lucky enough to have a PlayStation, and so there wasn't a huge uh, amount of games that I had access to. And then it kind of became a thing that was in my brother's room. It wasn't really you know mine. You know it was more his thing. Uh, so you know I didn't really get access full time access to a gaming system until we moved in together. So, you know, that was... We moved in together when I was in my early 20s. Right. So that was the first time that I really had continuous access to video gaming. And so I'm actually, like, not good (laughs) at uh, a lot of game mechanic type stuff. Like, uh, we were talking about uh, Smash Brothers. Uh, I cannot play Smash Brothers unless it's a walk-off stage because I promise you I will die. Because I'll fall off the stage and I cannot recover. Like, I can't do that. Like, I do not have the skills to do that. The, the Just my timing and stuff isn't there. Um, so, I'm just, I'm not good at a lot of games. I'm not good at first-person shooters. I, I, I get, you know, I get flustered and I, you know, I aim wrong and, 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 and I die <laughs> a lot. So, when we, so, um, I'm good at puzzle platformers. Um, they're much more relaxed. They're they're generally... Uh, I.e. Braid, uh, Limbo, um, you know, any sort of game that, you know, has a, a nice invested story. Uh, journey. Journey. Oh, yeah, uh, Journey. Flower. Yep. 
those were two games that I, s- uh, I love, and both from the same studio. I love them, and anything that from that studio, I'll be playing. I promise you. Yeah. But yeah, so I like the more laid back type games, and um, as far as what I'm capable of playing, you know, as uh, you know, I like being able to take my time, um, that kind of thing. Just because I I don't have the the physical skills. Uh, well, I don't think I think one of the things that. that you nailed on the head was the the analog sticks because. You didn't grow with the analog sticks. It was just one day you just had one put in your hand. And you had to just learn it. And I it. had to learn it. You didn't have time to kind of transition into it. Yeah, actually, the first game I ever played that was analog stick uh, was Psychonauts. That was with me. Yeah, that was with you. Um, on the Xbox, right? Yeah, on the Xbox, yeah. Which I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I love you. Speaking of, that's That's my compa- all-time favorite game. Yeah, and that that is a, pretty much an action platformer, mm-hmm. essentially is what that is. And... Uh, for that, but 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 to get to the the whole point though, sorry, is um, so yeah, the way things work in our house is uh, if it's a puzzle platformer game, yeah, I'm actually holding the controller and playing through the game. Uh, but all, most of these other games that come out that you hear me rant and rave about, you know, like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and the Stick of Truth is one. Uh, now the Fractured But Whole, um, a lot of the and even um. Pyre, Pyre, yeah, Pyre the new game from Supergiant. is the game that you're playing right now. You know, games like that, um, I'm there behind you. Like, you're playing it in the gaming chair in the living room. I'm sitting behind you on the couch. No, I don't have that controller in my hand. Like, I, I will rant and rave and tell you how amazing Horizon Zero Dawn. It is my it is my game of the year for Mine 2017. Too, right now. Yeah. Uh, but I never held that controller in my hand for one second of that game. But... We made it a rule where you're not allowed to play that game unless I'm home, right. <laughs> you know, because I love that game. But like I said, I, kn- I know where my skills lie and I'm not good at um, some of the elements that um, are included in most RPG games, first person shooter right. games. I'm just not good at them. I just I just and it's fine. Uh, I, I my strengths lie in in other areas. Uh, like I said, puzzle platformers, action. You loved uh, action platformers. You loved The Witness. You played the hell out of that game. Oh yeah, yeah, that one was great. But again, that's definitely a go at your own pace type thing. Um, yeah, that and now you, of course the biggest thing that you've been on is Minecraft. Well, yeah, I've been playing Minecraft for uh, several years now put in many hundreds of hours yeah but again uh i play it on uh creative mode uh i don't really uh i'm i'm not in it for the actual you know survivor survivor uh, survival mode or anything like that i just i like i like playing with virtual legos essentially is what it is to me i like building things creating things um and you've got this huge world with uh tons of possibilities and so i that's why i play it it's kind of my Escapism. Escapism. My, my, not necessarily mindless because you have to be, you know, thoughtful of what you're doing if you're planning out a complicated build. It but relaxes you though. But it's a, re- it's relaxing, and you tr- you tur- tune out the rest of the world, and then before you know, it's like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you there. <laughs> go get some water, and you're still up playing or something. Yeah, yeah. You wake up in the middle of the night to like go to the bathroom and get some water. You come out to the kitchen. You're like, oh my god, Brandy, you're still playing that? It's three a.m. Yeah. You have to work. Yeah. You have to get up in three hours. Go yeah. to bed. You need to function <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, 
But yeah, so that's that's how things work in the Womack household. Is ninety nine percent of the time the controller is your ha- in your hands, but my mind is still there. I'm still you know saying, well, maybe you should try this, or you should go that way, or hey, you missed a, a, a an object over there that right. you need to look at or investigate or whatever. So. Um, it's an experience for you to enjoy too. You know, you're getting the you're getting so, a well, lot Well, I get of it. the yeah. enjoyment of the game without the frustration of the mechanics of failing right. on the mechanics because I'm not good at a lot of the mechanics on a a, a, a good portion. I'm really of excited. Um, speaking like of Horizon Zero Dawn, they they've got the uh, the, the Wildlands coming yeah. out. Yeah. The Frozen Wildlands or whatever it's called. Frozen the, the Wilds. DLC. Yeah, Frozen Wilds. Yeah, it's coming out in December. That's gonna be awesome. So. You were saying? Yeah, that's all we're gonna do. I know it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. It's a whole story story DLC, so we'll be excited I'm about excited that. I'm excited for that. Um, I don't remember what I was gonna say. The Womack household and and all that. Uh, yeah, that's how things work in in the Womack household, and I I don't have the controller in my hands, but I still feel like you know I played the game. I I'm invested in the game. Uh. Mentally, uh, it's just, you know, I don't have the controller in my hand. Like, there's, like, and we've always done that. Our entire relationship, even before we moved in together and got married and all that, we dated for six years before we got married. Um, But, uh, you know, I remember going over to your house after class at college and, you know, like, Prince of Persia. That was a good one. one. That's a good <laughs> example. Um, You know, I never held the controller in my hand for Prince of Persia, but... Uh, I was still 100% invested in that game playthrough. Uh, God of War is another one, yep. you know. Uh, Resident Evil is another one, you know. There's these games that, you know, I love, and I've played through them mentally, just not with the controller in my hand. Another so. example is a recent game. that It's an older game that I picked up um, recently, um, Parasite Eve. Yeah, and we played through probably. Now here's the thing with that is I actually did play through that uh, game because you started bringing up stuff like, "Hey, this is whatever it's coming up on the screen," and you were telling <laughs> like, me, "There's going to be a mutant rat now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's one that I actually played through. Um, I stuck with it and I played through it ba- back in like 1997, 1998, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, we're on the last chapter now, if memory serves. We, we've gotten yeah, through... Yeah, we're, we're on the last chapter. We need to finish we've that We've put about, up. what, 18 hours into it. I mean, it's a long game, so... Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it's, r- it's really funny when you get talking about, you know, games that came out and things like that. Uh, my gaming history is all over the board. Because um, here's... The, like I said, I got the, the, the PlayStation uh, in, in 1997 is when we got it. Um... By that time, the sequels to a lot of games were out. Like I said, Tomb Raider 2, Jet Moto 2, Crash Bandicoot 2 uh, were all, those were all games that were like the current releases. Twisted Metal 2. Twisted Metal 2, thank you. That's another one. That's another one that I love. Um, To this day, I've never played Jet Moto 1. We have it. I know. I've never played it. To this day, I've never played Tomb Raider 1. We have it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I know. And I will get around to doing that eventually because of the nostalgia effect. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's just... And then you go... Like I said, we, I never... Have I ever owned a Nintendo uh, uh, NES uh, in our household? Uh, my cousins had them. 
And so, like, I've got experience with uh, Mario Brothers 3. I've got experience with Duck Hunt. Um, Mario Brothers 2. Uh, but uh, I didn't play Mario Brothers 1 as a child. I've played it as an adult now, but I never played it as a, a kid growing up. Uh, never played Zelda, because nobody that I knew had it. So, um, uh, never played Sonic. Uh, that's that's Sega, I realize. Uh, but, like, nobody. I didn't know anybody who had a Sega. Uh, uh, e- a, a Genesis or a Saturn. I, that was not uh, on no, our you radar. Never, you never even played a 64, right? Like, you didn't know any... Because that was past... Because 64 came out in 96. PlayStation came out in 97. So you missed the boat on never, 64. Yeah, never played 60, any 64 games until we got a Wii. And then they had the... the you virtu- played a lot of Mario 64, though, on yeah, the Wii Virtual on the Wii, Console. Yeah, on yeah. the Virtual Console. Yeah, I Getting played 120 th- stars. Yeah. yeah, I played through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, But again, that was after the fact. That was, you know, in the uh, 2000s yep. that, that I was doing that. The The... You know the two thousand, late two thousands, early two thousand tens. So your timeline like, is pretty skewed. I'm s- yeah, it's all over the place. Yep. And and you know, certain games resonate with you and some don't. You know, so yeah. Like um, we we were talking about Pyre earlier, and that game is now now uh, I should mention because I said Zelda. Uh, I've never physically held the controller in my hand and played through the game. However, I've watched countless playthroughs of all of the games right. uh, uh, via Game Grumps and, and other uh, channels that I like to listen to and things like that. So, uh, yes, I've, pl- I've, I've mentally played the game, just not physically. I've, not, I've right. not physically played the game. So it's not like I'm, like... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm a poser. not bashing. Yeah, you're not bashing. <laughs> I'm not a poser. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's weird the way that my uh, gaming history fans out just because of the circumstances. And we had that PlayStation 1 uh, back in 1997 and then um, did not have any other systems. No Xboxes, no PlayStation 2s. First time I saw an Xbox or a PlayStation 2 was when I first started dating you in 2003. Right. So, um, uh, and therefore I did not play any of the games that came out uh, for any of those systems uh, prior to 2003. Right. So. Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting that whenever you talk to somebody and you say, what was your first gaming console? Normally, that tells you their gaming history. Like, if someone says, hey, yeah, my first console was a 64, then, you know, that was the system that they gravitate towards the most. Uh, in your case, it was the, the PlayStation. So, that's well, the system Well, I mean, that unless you want to count, uh, what the hell is that thing called that my dad had? The Atari? The, no, the fake wood one. It's like an Atari, but it's not an Atari. I'll have to look it up again. I don't remember. Pause. Yep, that's what it was. Coleco Telstar. So, um, <laughs> back to the topic at hand. Um, so, my first uh, gaming console um, that I, like, was for me, quote-unquote, uh, mine and my brothers, because, you know, sharing is caring, um, that would be the PlayStation 1, but I, my dad did still have a, a Coleco Telstar, so I've, I got to play Pong. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh-huh. So that that was the system that was in in my house as a kid, um, and then 
Um, so, um, my step-grandmother and my cousins had a, an NES. Um, so I had experience on, um, with a couple of those games. Like I said, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 and Duck Hunt. Um, but no, the first gaming system that was like ours and for us kids and not just some old relic that my dad had, that would be the PlayStation 1. Of course, PlayStation is one of the big threes. Um, Sony, um, PlayStation 4. And the yeah, you've got Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, Nintendo right yeah. now. So, and they're still continuing to dominate the gaming industry. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what happens in 2018. 2017 has been a fantastic year for for gaming. For gaming, it's, it's been, been a great, great year. So, uh, and for all all three systems, right? Really? Okay, I've had some. I mean, I'm playing. All, well, that's the thing is, we're playing. Some people say, "Oh, well, they got one, and then just the other one's yeah, collecting dust." Yeah, there's people dust. that are loyalists, and that's fine. If that's your cup of tea, that's yep. your cup of tea. There's definitely uh, some Microsoft loyalists. We right. know them. We do. Uh, and, and things like that, and that's that's fine. But we um, are actively we're playing. We're fortunate all three. enough to be able to work out our finances at the times that these systems were coming out. That we were able to, we own all three. We have the the Nintendo Switch, we have the the Xbox One, and we have the PS Four. Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actively use all three of them. Mm-hmm. Like every day, it's none of them are collecting dust. Mm-mm. And in fact, we still use the PS Three in our bedroom. We sure do. Yep. Uh, for certain games. Um, and for media, you know. And for media and things like that. Um. And uh, we have Xbox 360s for the kids. Mm-hmm. Those are being used every single day. Uh, so, um, yeah, th- like I said, none of these are really, you know, especially the, the, the three current ones, the, the Switch and the PS4, the, and, the Xbox PS4 and the Xbox One. Like like I said, none of them are collecting dust. So what they you're trying to say is when we buy systems, we use them. They're not just uh, they're investments almost because like, yes. you know we're using them. We're, we're uh, you know. Not just yes. buying things on a whim, and, and not we using use it. them for multiple things. The, um, the the Xbox One and the PlayStation are not solely gaming consoles for us. We use them for media for for things like uh, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. Uh, on the Xbox, we use the the CW app to watch and the HBO. Supernatural show and HBO. We find that it runs better for yep. us on the on the Xbox than it does on the PlayStation. I don't know why, uh, but you know that's 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 what we've yeah. we found within our house. It just some of these apps run better on one console versus the other. Um, the Switch doesn't have. They don't have apps yet. The um, apps yet at this time. So right now, the Switch is strictly a gaming, gaming. Yeah. Uh, console. I love the handheld aspect of it, where mm-hmm. I can like watch wrestling and then play. You know, play yeah, games. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, you can. can y- yeah. yeah, which I I enjoy that too. That you can have, uh, you can use it as a handheld game, and then when you want to, you can switch it to your TV. I like that versatility. Yeah. Um, I think that that's that's one good thing that they carried over from the Wii U. Right. Because the Wii U had that capability as well. With the tablet, yeah. Uh, with it, yeah. So, um, I like that direction. I think that that's something that's unique that Nintendo's bringing to the table. So, I think uh, I like that. I like that capability as well. 
Yeah. So this has been another episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Brandy, thank you for joining me for another hour. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So uh, <laughs> segue. That segue. Was, that was that was a good segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> of course, uh, let us know what your favorite gaming consoles are. Um, also, we talked about Supernatural. We're very excited about seeing how season 13 wraps up. Um, we're, as of taping, episode 3 will have already aired, so uh, definitely let us know what you think. It's airing right now. It's airing right now, technically. So <laughs> uh, let us know what you think about Supernatural, who are some of your favorite characters and whatnot. Uh, yes. Send us a line, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Anything else, Brandy, before we leave? Uh, where can they hit us up on Twitter? You can go on the Twitter machine at hhpodcastshow. Uh, definitely uh, give us a like, review, favorite us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play Music. We're pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast. Um, and um, we're pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast. Uh, and we're working on iHeartRadio and Spotify as well. So stay tuned for those. And then when you're on your social media of choice, you want to put hashtag happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and of course, hashtag. Deuces Deuces on on the the loose. loose. See ya. Bye.